0: Welcome to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry. Araya is an Emmy award-winning TV show host, producer, director, author, and so much more. In 1999, Araya was told she would never speak again after having her left vocal cord nerve removed during cancer surgery. But against the odds and facing adversity head-on, she found her voice, literally. And now she uses it to tell great stories of hope and inspiration to help motivate entrepreneurs to earn more, live more, and give back more. Now, let's get celebritized. So you feel. Here's your host, Araya McGarry.
1: Hello, everyone. And welcome to another episode of Get Celebritized, my brand new podcast here. And I am so honored and excited to bring to you an amazing young woman and is one of the reasons why I jumped in to do this podcast, because she encouraged me and said, get into this space. (laughs) So before I bring her on, I wanted to say a few words about her, because Melissa Carcacci is amazing. She is a former actress on Nickelodeon and the Hallmark Channel. And I know my community, we are all about Hallmark, and you <laughs> cannot get us off the couch during Christmas season. I'm just saying. <laughs> She's also a producer and a podcaster with her sister, Stephanie. They host and have created, we are um, the Millennial Woman, let but it out, Millennial Women Talk Podcast. And we're going to talk more about that in just a minute. But I want you to hear these stats because I know this is important to my community. Melissa herself has over 72,000 followers on Instagram. Her sister has over 14,000. These are young women making an impact. And their their We Are Millennial Women IG Instagram has over 11,000 followers as well, as well as their a movement. They've got inspirational t-shirts. They've got sponsors like Volkswagen and Prudential and Crunchy Waves. They are happening. They are young and they are on the move and I want them to come here and I want Melissa to tell us a little bit more about how she's doing all this. So Melissa, welcome to Get Celebritized.
2: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm just so excited that your podcast is here. You are, you've launched. We're excited.
1: (laughs) I did. In case you don't know, the viewers and listeners don't know, we met on Clubhouse in a podcast room and Melissa was so gracious up there talking about her podcast, talking about millennial women talk. And it really intrigued me. And I came up on the stage and said, you know, I'm a TV show host. i thinking about this podcasting thing. Should I? And Melissa just jumped in and just gave me all the reasons why I should. And then was a woman of award, she says, if you do it, I'll be on your show. And here she is. So <laughs> I love that.
2: Oh, I'm so happy and excited for you. Congratulations on your launch. I'm so proud of you.
1: Thank you, thank you. Well it means a lot to be coming from you because you are the generation that is kicking it in this podcast world. And I want to get right into it because my community of mostly women that are 40 and over, entrepreneurs trying to make things happen and also trying to make things happen for our daughters and our sons and our mm. the next generation. Cause I know one of my I have two daughters, one's 35 and one is 16. So I got, you know, the two gamets here. And they're looking for women like you to inspire them on how to make in this world that's so different now than it used to be. You know just go to college, get a job, get the gold watch after 40 years. It's a whole different landscape. So first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you kind of got into being your own, your own entrepreneurial producer and a podcaster.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. So, uh, I'm 33 now and I... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. Cuban parents were also entrepreneurs. Um, So I kind of saw the journey of entrepreneurship through my parents, the ups and downs, the bankruptcies, the failures, the successes, all the nuts and bolts of what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur. And um, I've always wanted to be an actress since I was five years old. My mom never allowed me to pursue it as a little kid because she really wanted me to enjoy my childhood and be a kid, which I'm grateful for that decision because I had to beautiful childhood. Um, But with that said, when I was about 14, Um, she kind of had to cave in because my dance coach was auditioning and taking acting classes up north in Florida. And I was like, mom, like, you have to let me do this. Like, you know, she's like, okay, if you audition and get into the school, then I'll allow you to pursue it. So I really rehearsed and I tried really hard to get into the school and I did. And I was really smart because that school also had like an agency management side. So I knew if I got in, not only would I be trained, but I would also be able to audition which is what i wanted um so i got in i auditioned went to los angeles at 16 got my first agent did the whole thing whoa, and then whoa, my whoa. mom
1: you went yeah. there now you're in los angeles you gotta fill in that little gap real quick <laughs> like, okay i'm in florida i'm sorry i'm in hollywood wait a minute uh, all right, we well, gap.
2: <laughs> it was a brief stint because when my mom realized she was like okay you know if this girl starts auditioning and starts working She's going to have to quit high school. We're going to have to probably figure out how we're going to be bicostal and all the things. So she put another stop once that happened. So she said to me, when you graduate high school, then you can do whatever you want. I said, great. I'm not going to go to college and I'm going to move to California. And sure. she, I don't think a lot of people believed that I had the courage to do that, but yeah. I did. So I packed up my things. Uh, I graduated high school, never, never been to college, even till this day, turned in my diploma to my mom. I got my, my little dog, Romeo, who was with me. Um, And it was me and him. And we went to Los Angeles and it was probably the hardest season of my life. Could not even get an audition to save my life. You know, at 16, I was like, I was thriving. I was like, man, I think I'm going to do this thing. I think I'm going to make it as an actress. Right. Um, So I had no doubts when I moved there at 18, you're only talking about two years after, um, <laughs> and it was not at all what I thought was going to happen. You're it like 9 like,
1: million, <laughs> billion other people. I'm going to Hollywood. going to be a star, but yep. you did it. You did it. So, you <laughs> it well, it
2: took, it. um, I would say by the time that I started professionally at 14 till I got my first TV show, which was on Nickelodeon, I was 24 years old. It took me 10 years Wow, to actually quote unquote achieve the dream of being a working actress being on a solid television show and that's why 10 percent of actors
1: are getting paid to act and 10 years in the scheme of that profession because i was in that profession as well that's why i just i adore you so much because you did (laughs) something really big in it which is still rare 10 years in this industry is not a long time because people spend a lifetime and then never get there or it's 20 years or 25 years you can just watch the oscars and there was some guy i forgot him he was, but last year, I mean, he'd been acting all his life. And now he was like probably in his seventies, late eighties, and finally got the role of a lifetime. That's a commitment that the acting world has. So keep going. I want to hear more.
2: Oh yeah. And it's, I mean, as you know, it's, it's tough. And you know, when I, when I first moved to Los Angeles, you know, growing up in Miami, this is such a multicultural place. And I was not the type of person that really didn't, I it's not that I didn't feel represented. I felt represented in so much TV film because I was related to stories. I was related to the core messages of you know of the shows I watched growing up. Full House, Family Matters, Fresh Prince, Step by Step. Those are my favorite shows growing up. You know, you're talking my daughter's
1: language.
2: (laughs) I love those shows. And so when I moved to California, you know, some of my closest friends were blonde hair, blue eyed, and they were going on the greatest auditions. I would tell my agent, hey, I want to go out on, you know, the audition my friend Tiffany is going out on. And she would say, you can't because you're Latina. I'm like, what does that even mean? She's like, because you look a certain way. And I was like, but what does that have to do with like the role? So there was a lot of that during that time. Thankfully, right. so much has changed since then. We have, way, you know, we have more opportunities um, now. Although I feel like there's still more that we can do. Um, oh, yeah. I really started to dabble into the producing side because I said, you know, I learned a lot from my dad. You know, my dad, he's a he's a general contractor now, but my dad had a lot of businesses before failed, succeeded. It was a roller coaster of a ride. But he always used to say to me. You know, if I would have waited for somebody to make me the CEO of a construction company, would never happen. I have to create that for myself. So when I was 21, he bought me a a laptop and a a screenwriters program, and he says, "If no one's gonna give you the role, create the role for yourself. Create." I love your dad. Yeah, it was like create it for yourself.
1: Yes, exactly. Which is what I did with my show too. You know, I want my community to hear this because they've got, my community has children your age. I have a child your age. And that is it. You don't have to in this day and age wait to be hired. Wait for that great audition. Wait for somebody to say, yeah, you're the right for the part. Create your own, just the fact that you are producing. But God bless your dad because I want all the parents out there, especially the moms to hear that because we're wondering on tips on how to help our kids be successful in this day and age. And that's exactly what you do. You pour yeah. belief into them. You give them the tools they need. Here's your laptop. You go do it. You make your way in this world and don't let anybody stop you. So that I need to give your, your, both your mom and dad a big hug. Great Yes. Hug. Kids do what you you do and not what you say. And they, they walk the walk. And mm-hmm. they, the first thing you said on this podcast was, they were such a good example to me as entrepreneurs. So yes. I think that's great. The Absolutely. Good and the failures and the successes all out mold you and our kids into being success. They have to see the failures and see you get up again. They can't see life just all perfect because then they don't know how to handle their discouragements.
2: Absolutely. I think they set such a great example by, you know, providing that opportunity to say, you know, Hey, no one else is going to, if you're going to wait around for someone to give it to you. You're probably going to waiting a long time, but the, but the, you know, the, the gift that I didn't know was being given, not just from a physical perspective, but spiritual mental and all the other things was that, I was tapping into talent I didn't even know I had, you know, I didn't know that I could, that I was as creative or that I could produce or all those things. Right. And, um, you know, I sold my first television show when I was 22 and although it didn't go anywhere, nothing happened, just right. the journey of pitching and being in a room with executives and what does it take? And, you know, perfecting that side that I didn't even know I liked, um, and, was a gift.
1: And we got to dig in a little deeper. Because you're saying all these great things, now you're in this room with producers. Again, I have a lot of clients and people in my my community. How did you get into that room? You're 21, and everybody's like, "Well, wait, how did you get in that room?" Those connections is what we're looking for. How did you get into that room for that? How did you get when they're saying no? You don't look the right part for t for these TV shows. Mind you, what they used to tell for you're not right for TV with this yes. TV or that blonde or whatever. And, but you got in there. So give us some of that scoop on how you got in that room, how you did get that audition for like Nickelodeon and Hallmark, how you got that. Then I want to talk about how you went on to become the entrepreneur that you are right now.
2: Yeah. I love that. So, um, from the acting, so, okay, well, cause Nickelodeon came after the producing, which is so weird. It's like everything <laughs> came out of order. So like as an actress, I Yeah. So before the producing, I had an agent in Los Angeles that really didn't service me because I wasn't getting any auditions. So I decided to move back to Miami and kind of start over. I said, okay, let me regroup myself and let me figure out what's next. And so the producing was next for me because my dad, you know, gave me that gift and I started to tap into these talents I didn't even know I had. So I basically went on a Google search. You know, LinkedIn wasn't really, it was still there during that time, but it wasn't as big as it is today. Now we have so much more people on it that we can access, but between LinkedIn, Googling, IMDb Pro, all those things, finding out who are the people behind this TV show or that TV show and reaching out, literally cold emailing them, everybody, every single day, just pitching this idea of the show that I have and see if there's any interest. Um, and so that's how I started to get into those rooms. And although nothing happened with it, I was like, man, this is actually pretty neat. I, I like this part of my business that I didn't even know I was good at and that right. I liked. And you had um, a show
1: treatment already done, right? Is that what
2: you I had? Mention? Yep a show treatment and I had a sample of a pilot and I had all those things cause it was a reality show. That's what I sold first. Um, and, um, and that's that's how that all got started. And then after that, I said, okay, I think I'm itching to get back into auditioning because you know, it didn't go anywhere. And I was like, right. let me let me dabble back into acting and see what happens there. And so I got myself an agent here in Miami. Um, and then that's how I started auditioning, locally doing commercials, things like that, getting my feet wet again, getting back sure. into the game. And then Nickelodeon kind of came. She was like, My agent, you know, she asked me, she says, There's this show. At the time it was called Grachi because the Latin American version of our show, which ended up being Every Which Way, was very successful in Latin America. And so the creators were like, you know what, why don't we do it for Nickelodeon US? And they already shot the show here in Florida and Miami, they had a studio, they had all the things from the old show. And they just decided to Make it for Latinum, not Latin America, for America. La Nickelodeon. So she had said, "Have you auditioned for this role yet?" And I said, "No, I haven't actually." And she was like, "You know, put yourself on tape. Let's get you in there and see what happens." And i I did it within two weeks. I was already on on the set in my first table read. They were looking for my role for quite some time. They couldn't cast yeah. my role, um, and it literally was one of those moments where it just. It just happened. I went in for my second callback, and they were like, It's yours. And I was there. And then I was on the show for four years.
1: Oh my God. Four years of that filmed in Miami. Miami. You know, yes. you're such a good example of not giving up. And, and it is so important because, again, when I speak on stages, I talk to you about, go back to that little girl or little boy dream that you had when you were five or six, and an adult will come up to you, pinch you on your cheek, you hated it, and they would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I take us older folks back to that time and say, did you want to be? Because your genius is in there. Because I believe we all know what we're meant to want to do at that age, but the world can feed us down circumstances can take our dream away. When I was little, you would have asked me, you know, what do you want to be able to grow up? It was rich and famous actors. I wanted exactly what you wanted. Wanted to be able to say, like, thank the Academy. How I got there was definitely a whole, you know, 48 years, you know, long journey. But you never give up on those gifts and talents that make you special, that you shine Mm -hmm. in. So the fact you didn't give up, Alyssa, I love this story so much. And I love that you went back home too, because it's okay to, you're not failing Backwards, you're kind of regrouping, and mm-hmm. really important, people sometimes just stop. Say, okay, we assess. Don't give up your dreams. Reassess, and you went back to where you felt like your your home was, your lawn. You had people you knew, and look what happened, you know. Yeah. And I just love that so much. So you kind yeah. of went out of the big Hollywood, New York, Broadway scene, and went back to where you works There's plenty to do in Miami, and it's another key thing that I remember one of my producers said that if you become famous locally too, and you would totally globally, but I love that. But you started there saying, let's, I like, get some local commercials, get some local goodness going, then who knows and you did all that. And that's so yeah. important. So good for you.
2: Yeah. I just think, you know, it's a matter of, it's like what you said, you know, when that, when that dream or that calling is placed on your heart, you know, it. You, I think what people struggle with the most is that the time frame. you don't know when, right. None of us know yeah. when I mean, not to sound morbid or anything, but we don't even know we're going to die either. So like, if we don't know any of that, then how are we going to know when we're going to quote unquote make it in life, right? So I just feel like it's about literally, if it's anything I've learned, you know, in my little 33 years of life is like (laughs) literally just take it today, like deal with today. And when tomorrow comes, then you deal with tomorrow. Like it's so overwhelming to feel like I... I need to know when I'm going to get there, please. Is this even going to happen for me? Like that whole mentality, it's like, to me, it's the most overwhelming thing in the planet. So like, I just try to take it one day at a time and whatever I feel like doing, that's what I do. Right. I moved. I felt like I needed to move back. I moved back. I literally booked the role and shot it in my own backyard. I would have never thought in a million years, I would, it would be here. Never. Exactly.
1: And a lot, there's a lot to say for women's intuition. I believe that is strong. Yeah. You felt the kind to go back. Just you'd be happier. You could have gone back to Hollywood and New York or wherever else <laughs> you be, but you felt literally. Let, let me regroup first. Let me ask you this: Since you're bringing this up, I think it'd be interesting for our listeners and viewers to know this in your generation, because you are the millennial woman. And I want to ask you to what that means. But what has the pandemic done for you? Because you're talking about exactly what I've always said. Because when I got cancer on my 38th birthday. That and i lost my mom to cancer my brother i cancer. Oh. so mortality has been really prevalent in my life since i was like your age yeah where, you know i lost my mom to cancer when i was like about 33 34 and devastating so i always have in me you don't know what tomorrow brings you don't know if it's cancer or you get hit by a bus we all kind of joke about that but with this right. pandemic that really leveled the playing field we didn't know who was going to get it or who was going to make it or who wasn't what has that done for you now and your psyche and your your goals even more so knowing that you know COVID is going to happen and you don't know who's going to be here tomorrow. What has it done for you and your generation of millennial women?
2: I think it's made us hungrier. It's made us more grateful, more appreciative. I think it's made us realize that, you know, that tomorrow's not guaranteed for us. Right. So I have literally put new habits within myself of straight up gratitude because I don't think I was being even grateful enough for the most basic of things. Um, I've enjoyed my family more than I've ever had before. I have had an ambition hungrier, more aggressive than ever before. Um, For me, I feel like life is so precious and valuable. And I just, I think life is also, as you can see, and as you have lived too short, to you know, put some sort of restraining on you and your gifts. Like if God puts a calling on your heart, you must execute on it. It was given to you for a reason, yeah. like just because it's scary and it's confusing. Like, honestly, I had no idea I would even have a podcast either. Like there's so many things in my life that I had no idea were even in my past, you know, if I had just never allowed myself to be obedient to the callings that were placed on my heart. And that's the truth. Right. So like we, yeah. we lost two people, you know, to COVID in the pandemic and oh, our family. Sorry. And so oh. like, All of that just put so much into perspective, you know, even my, my grandmother did not pass from COVID, but we didn't see her for the whole year in fear that, you know, she would get sick. And then, you know, she passed naturally in her sleep, which we're very grateful. She didn't suffer anything, but you know, those things just put so much into perspective and really to live, you know, when I started my career, I was so adamant about, no fun, no family, no vacation. I must hustle. I must. It was like this this obsession of like I oh, gotta exactly. I was like I don't have time for this, you know. And Gosh. you know when we sold my grandparents, well we're selling my grandparents' Wait, house You now, sold your
1: grandparents? How much you get for them?
2: Now, <laughs> so no no their it house their option. house we <laughs> were selling their house now we cleaned it all out and so we were looking at literally all the photos of our childhood of memories of them coming from Cuba to Miami and all these things Aww. and I just said to myself my goodness we must live like there's just you know this whole 2020 has just really put that into perspective I'm like I need to live my life you know whether I make it to the quote unquote top or not it's not about that it's about being obedient to the calling, enjoying my life one day at a time, and just living it, having fun, mistakes and all, not being afraid of the failures or the setbacks, just living. Like mm-hmm. we just gotta live our life. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just too short. There's just and, and it flies by as you can see. You know, the years yeah. just fly by.
1: And you are the founder, I think it's with you and your sister of We Are Millennial Women. So let me ask you this because I really want to get to now. Know you a little bit more, which is so fascinating, so wonderful. Is what is success for a millennial woman? Because I know like back in my day, <laughs> way back in my day, I mean becoming successful was being wealthy, being to the top, winning the Oscar, winning the Emmys. It was all about the red carpet and because I was brought up born and raised in New York City. And I went to like the fame high school and I graduated high school at 16, so I could wow. get out of the world and start auditioning for Broadway and movies. And success was making it to the red carpet. And that was nothing else it was you know and I very quickly learned that there was a lot, of, a lot of not nice people in that world and and the journey wasn't as as fun as I thought it was gonna be because I love people and I love cheerleading and I don't like to win if somebody else has to fail yeah so as I got just a little older 19 I said well you know I'd let me pursue I like to still do it locally but you know the pursuing the big dream is a lot of stepping on toes a lot of it has to be me 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 and I just wasn't comfortable with that long term so what is success now to the millennial woman? Because you're talking about, um, you know, we we love our families. We're hugging more. We appreciate life more. Which is so true. So is success being happy, or is it being wealthy, or is it being? Can I tell me a little about what what the millennial woman is thinking now these days? Because again, mm-hmm. your generation are our daughters and our sons too.
2: Yeah, you know, I think success is is um. It's a journey, right? So, you know, when people say like, what's your purpose in life? Like, I don't believe you have a single purpose because I think it changes as you evolve and as you grow. So, you know, when I first started, I wanted the same things. I wanted to win that award. I wanted to be on the red carpet. I want all these things. As I've gotten older, priorities and my vision of success has changed. And so do the women of our generation, what we want is quality of life. We want to have quality of life. Meaning we want to be, healthy, happy, successful, whatever that looks like, family, children, all the things. And some maybe don't want to have children. Some yeah. maybe not want to get married and that's okay. But their version of success at the end of the day is living an authentic life, but it is full of quality, whatever that is to them. I don't think that we, at least the women in our community of millennial women, um, you know, we are not the women that are aggressive to step on each other to make it to the top what we want is community of like-minded women that are looking to better themselves from a mind body and soul perspective how do we become the best versions of ourselves how can we learn from each other how can we be together more and just be more unity so quality of life is definitely what we're looking for you know when i'm when i think you know even just what you were mentioning i'm like my gosh I wanted those things too, but it's such a, those are moments, those, that's mm-hmm. not a life. Those are moments of like glam. It's like, you know, when we were in production for, for this third season of Millennium women talk, you know, it's taken us, my gosh, like six months of preparation before we get in the studio to literally be in the glamour, which is on the set for two weeks. And then it's over and we're back behind our computers in post-production and social media and all the things. So, you know, those moments of highlights, they're just moments, right? They're memories. Like when you think of your childhood, your favorite memory, it's, it's that, but that's not life. Life is what you make of it from an everyday perspective. It's the partner that you choose to spend the rest of your life with. It's the children that you want to hopefully have someday. It's the family memories, the vacations, the sitting in the park or whatever. Like it's that those are the quality moments that really fulfill us, you know, from, from an emotional, mental perspective.
1: Yeah. And I'm so glad you said that as far as it's success is quality of life. And to each woman, that's different. Like you yeah. said, quality of life may, may or may not include a, a husband or a wife or a spouse or a significant other or right. children. So whatever makes you happy, don't apologize if right. you are a loner and that you are happy and that you are having success and living a rich life. Good for you. That's great. I feel that's the millennial woman. And I feel that's rubbing off on my generation as well, because we were brought up in such more of a box that this is what a woman does, is what a woman can get paid. Here's the ceiling. Even though we've been trying to break through the glass ceiling for decades now, it's still we're trying to get out of it. And I feel your generation and my other daughter's generation of 16 will really help us through that and really know whatever you want is success. Whatever your definition of quality of life and success and happiness is, that's it no questions asked, end of story. And there's yeah. no, you should really be more like this. You should, when are you going to have kids or when are you going to get married? That's not even the equation for some people. And it's perfectly okay. It yeah. is a lifestyle and it's absolute yeah. success. If You're happy that's success.
2: If it's one thing I wish people would know is that there's no right or wrong way of doing life. Amen. It, it, it really just, is. there is no rule book. Like think of it, as, as parents, you're a mother, right? I'm not a mother yet. I hope to be someday. Um, but you know, parents are not, you know, don't come with a little pamphlet of when your child is born had a Take care of that son or daughter. You know, you got to figure it out and you'll take what you know from your own mom, but you make it your own, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that you are a better or a lesser mom than your mom. Mm -hmm. You're just making it work for you. And so that's why there is no right or wrong way of doing life. It's really just about the individual. And I also think that parents, you know, need to be supportive of children, right? Set the foundation when they're kids because it's important. Like my mom was. I remember, like, my gosh, if it was just yesterday, literally on the way to school, I was very lucky that my mom got to take me to school every morning. And she would literally drill into my head. She's like, You have to be successful on your own. You cannot depend on a man. You got to be independent you like know, so that I can be self sufficient. You her. know? Yeah. Um, she just wanted me to be strong. She didn't want me to be, you know, frail or anything. She just, like, got to, Whatever you want to do, I don't care what it is that you wanna do, just make sure you do it with a hundred percent with all you have. Always finish what you start be independent and you have to be successful on your own. And so like, that was things that were drilled to me, but you know, my mom was very involved in my life. She was never a prior. She never was like, Oh, I got to get what's going on with you. She would gently, you know, try to start that relationship with me so that I had a friend that I can lean on when things got tough. Right. Um, so I just think it's important for parents to be involved in their children's lives, no matter the age.
1: And man, yeah, and I think your parents could teach a podcast and parenting lessons because everything they did <laughs> is perfectly right because it's still empowering your kids and, and encourage them to do whatever it is that they want. I mean, that's kind of like the easy part of it. If you just get that, you know, whatever it is that they want to do, whatever it is they want to love and be with and share or not share, it's all good. It's their yeah. life. And your parents were great. My mom was just like that. She always said, whatever you want to do, honey, you go do it. And she always encouraged me, never told me I couldn't. And mm-hmm. that's what creates, you know, the the changes of the world. But mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that didn't have their parents. We go back to Oprah that didn't have the encouraging life. And look what she did for the world. Exactly. So anything is possible. You don't have to have a good childhood to be an amazing, live an amazing life. But that's just an, in a nutshell what you said. I love what your parents did. And yeah, they need to be doing their own podcast. They'd be a great <laughs> podcast couple. Look at you go. Now, I know you do have a sister. I know we have to wrap up in just a second, but you have a sister, Stephanie. Are there any other siblings?
2: Yes, we have a little brother named Christian.
1: Oh, I love that name, Christian. All right. <laughs> well, how old is he? He
2: is 27.
1: A little brother, 27. I love that. I'm thinking 12. Okay, 27. (laughs) All right. Now, you guys have gotten your empowerment. You all, you and your sister are changing the world for women. You've got a movement going on. Please talk to us a little bit about, we are Millennial Women, Millennial Women Talk podcast. And what you've done, because I was on your websites. Give us your websites because people need to go and follow you because you're an inspiration to that millennial age group and also others. You're an inspiration to me, my community, and what you. you can do because- I know what they're going to ask. They're going to say, Araya, how did Melissa and her sister get, you know, 14,000 followers? Give us some news and notes on, you know, how you started this, a little bit about how you built this community. Did it take a long yeah. time as well? Oh
2: yeah. Well, we started, uh, you know, the millennial women journey started in actually 2016. So it's so funny. That's I actually Not too long ago. Um, when I got off of Nickelodeon, um, and then I, I got Hallmark, too, in 2018, when we actually started the podcast, which was I'll, I'll get into that. I was crazy. Um, so I, had me at Hallmark.
1: <laughs> I got Hallmark blankets and I'm watching Hallmark shirts and oh. my little cups. I'm watching Hallmark movies.
2: I love it. I love it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so funny. And when I finished, um, every which way it, I almost had a whole repeat when I was 18. Like I couldn't get another audition to save my life. And I said, I don't get it. I just finished a TV show. Why can't I get another job? So I went back to my roots and creation and, you know, millennial women, um, was actually a TV show called millennial girls. And I went back to what I knew creating and pitching. No one wanted to buy the series, but people kept saying, we love you and your sister there's something about you and your sister together so a light bulb kind of went on and I said you know what maybe this is a podcast you know Stephanie and I my sister we've been having these conversations about mind body and soul about spirituality about God what is life like all these things since we were like 10 years old oh, so we loved talking about you know these types of topics and you know our dad introduced us to Tony Robbins and Dr. Wayne Dyer so we grew up listening to these motivational speakers again, the who
1: is your dad and your mom I mean they are amazing. <laughs> I them on the show next. I have, <laughs> I have to talk to them. Just like, oh my god, so oh introduced me to Johnny yeah. <laughs> <Yay. laughs> I love that. You know,
2: I think uh, my dad. <laughs> again. My dad just really loves. I'm actually going to shut this off. Sorry, you could. I'm going to pause for editing for you. There we go. Sorry, the my Slack is going crazy, and I just muted it. All right, uh, back uh, to, back to the podcast. There you go. <laughs> So, um, yeah, my dad just, you know, in order for him to sort of get hyped and motivated, he found, you know, these these spiritual motivational speakers and he passed it on to his children. And I'm so glad that he did. And so my sister and I always really wanted to have conversations like this. And so, you know, I said, you know what, Steph, I think this is a podcast, but I think this is a traveling podcast. And the reason why is because in order for us to get to hear the voices of the women of our generation, it cannot be through fictional characters. We have to meet them we have to be in the same room as them. Mm. And so we pre COVID were the first of its kind, a traveling podcast. We literally will host that. live podcast meetup events, and we would do our interviews. We would talk to the women in these cities across the country and have these open floor conversations of just getting to know what millennial women are going through in Austin, in Nashville, in our hometown of Miami, in New York city. Right to prove that ultimately and fundamentally we're so much more alike than we are different. That's what we wanted to prove because all millennial women around the world, you know, yes, economically we're different and we are raised different and all these things. So fundamentally, we all want the same things. We want success. We want happiness. We want quality of life. We want those things. How can we achieve that together as a generation, as a community? And we wanted to be that that podcast. So we wanted to be that show for them. We wanted to inspire them, but we wanted to also give them resourceful content, downloadables, you know, uh links to things, discounts for this app, like whatever we can do to be of service for our community, we wanted to do that. And so the podcast was really the only way to successfully execute a vision so big and so broad and so wide um is is through a podcast. And then I love that. you know after COVID we we decided to do an in-studio format to bring the value, you know, to our audience, but we really cannot wait to get back on the road because the heartbeat really is that—it's those live podcast meetup events. It's—it's oh, it's meeting gosh. them in person. So we're excited next year to, to get the road again. Um, I love but, you know, that this idea. became That's a insane. huge undertaking for us because, yes. I, love, everybody love. thought we were crazy. They were like, "You
1: have Those no money. Are the money. Like, how, how are you going to do this?" Fast <laughs> ideas. If somebody says you're crazy, that means you gotta go. <laughs> when do they it. kind of come out of nowhere. ideas. Oh, how did you get people to show you up in go do cities? It. Yeah, you how would you get other people to show oh, up? I mean, now we're on Clubhouse, so so that's a whole different ball game. If you're not on Clubhouse, y'all need to be on Clubhouse. Yeah. But before that, how would you get everybody to show up?
2: It was literally DMing everybody in Instagram until Instagram would block us from like sending too many DMs. And so we would literally say, okay, we're going to New York City. Who are the influencers in New York City? Let's get them to collaborate with us to push this event, right? Have them come to the event, have them promote it, all those things. And then looking at those followers and personally inviting them and giving them a discount code and saying, hey, we're coming to your city. This is going to be a great event for like-minded women. Here's a discount code to join us, you know, and really grassroots on the floor. It was like literally taking the concept of passing around flyers and yeah. being the flyer through DM, like us being everywhere, right? So taking old school sort of marketing and mo- putting it into new school. So that's kind of the concept oh, yeah. that we did. It was all grassroots just literally until you five in the morning, just DMing, DMing, DMing.
1: Just you, your sister, me and parents? Stephanie. Okay, just you too. Wow! Shows what you can do with yeah, two just minds together. Yeah, me and together.
2: Stephanie building that.
1: And now, look, <laughs> yes. guys, yes. you have seventy-two thousand followers now. So good for you. I think that's amazing. And, you know, some people yes. would say, here's why I really want people to hear, too. Some people would say, oh, well, sure, Melissa, you can do this because you want Nickelodeon Hallmark. No, 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 no. Because what you just told me you and your sister did was grassroots in the bottom that said nothing to do. You know, maybe you had a couple of fans before that, you know, kind of pushes a little bit. But you really got on the floor. You got on your hands and knees, got out those phones and you DM. It wasn't like, yeah. oh, you know, I'm on Nickelodeon Hallmark. So it's all just come together. So much more than that. It was you had this idea when bring people yeah. together and you did the hard blood, sweat and tears work for it and mm-hmm. handed out those virtual flyers. Good for you. Because we tell that to people so many times. We'll thank- all about the follow up and the connections and the collaboration. Yes.
2: And I know a lot of people have said that, right? Because you were on a TV show. So they, everybody rolled over. That is not True. Think about mm. the demographic who watches Nickelodeon. Are they going to listen to Millennial Men talk? They're not. Like it's not mm-hmm. the demographic. So I I did Good have point. to start from the beginning. And even with Hallmark, and yes, some you know maybe a few would oh, stick Hallmark. around. We're talking to my generation, over, but you know
1: that's not Millennials. <laughs> you know <laughs> we love you, but we're not Millennials. <laughs> exactly.
2: Exactly. And so you know it was starting from scratch. You know it definitely didn't New roll room. over. Um, as as a lot of people can say that. That it was.
1: Well, Melissa, I could talk to you all day long. I know my listeners and our viewers, this will be uploaded for video as well, could get so much more from you. So I want them to connect with you. So we'll leave them as cliffhangers. You gotta go connect with Melissa and her sister, see what they're doing. Their We Are Millennial Women is such a beautiful place. I just love the whole format. I love the website. I love your podcast. And I'm gonna tell all of my, my community to make sure their daughters are plugged into you because it's absolutely such a great place to be. And I love how you just entrepreneurial side, is that a word? Entrepreneurial side, entrepreneurial, it's got it. a big movement going. You got t-shirts, you got all sorts of stuff, get sponsors, get everything that everybody's looking for. And I, and you're such a good example of that. So before we go though, I definitely want to have you back. and I really do want to talk to your parents because I think it's so important that as we as parents and the problem yeah. goes to, to my age, you know, what we need to talk like, you did this wonderfully. You know, how did you learn it and what can we do? Because after 2020 and now the hangover 2021, Bringing our kids back, whether they're teenagers or whether they're in their 30s, and need to get back into the world, there's some obstacles that we may need to be talking to them about. There's some mental health issues we may need to talk to some more than others. So we need to come together as a community, all our different generations, how we can help each other. And for you, Melissa, the parents and the grandparents could be going through stuff as well. Of course, we all are. This coming out of this, it's
2: absolutely
1: hurt us all in in ways and different ways, and the losses and the isolation. So I really believe that's a whole community and, and movement in itself. So I want to have you back for sure. Um, tell us your website because then I have a couple, I have four kind of rapid fire questions for you to end this podcast on that is just like a lot. always fun. I love rapid questions to get some insight on you. But tell us your website, your podcast so everybody can find you.
2: I love it. So the podcast is millennial women talk and really to connect with me is on Instagram. So Instagram.com slash Millie is going to be your go-to for my entire world. I do a lot of things. So to yeah, be a do. part of that Instagram is the, be- the best
1: place to be. And I love that Instagram is now collected to clubhouse, which is where I met you. So you guys have been on clubhouse, follow me, follow Melissa. There's some amazing people on clubhouse and the connections are there to be made. If you follow up and DM them on Instagram. That's the tip. All right, Melissa, you've been wonderful. Let's do four quick rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. TV or movie that made the biggest impact on your career?
2: whoa okay
1: so i didn't say book, i'm a tv movie person
2: (laughs) so it's a little weird but the movie that made the biggest impact and i'll tell you why was girl interrupted with angelina jolie i was 12 years old i'm surprised my dad allowed me to rent that movie but watching that movie got me so excited about acting because i loved how dark and this journey of mental health and what that was like because i was always so curious to know why people are the way they are how do they get get the way they get. And Angelina Jolie's just performance and Winona Writer, like I was like, man, I want to do movies like that where I can explore different, you know, perspectives and emotions and things. And that really made me excited about getting into the field.
1: That's a great answer. Oh my gosh. I love that. So good. See, it was meant to be that you watched it. So you weren't watching it as just a kid. Yeah. To see what, <laughs> it's like, look what happened that career move. I love that. Okay. Number two, your best coach, director, or mentor in your life so far. I mean, I think it's my
2: parents, you oh, know, no, like
1: yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, if you were going to say, they've already inspired me,
2: <laughs> you know, my parents are refugees from Cuba and, oh. you know, they build something out of nothing. And uh, to me, whenever I feel like I can do something, I think about their journey and what they've been able to build for themselves. Um, and as a child, seeing those failures, seeing the bankruptcies and seeing the journey and then seeing the success just makes me feel like I could really do anything thing because they didn't have all the opportunities that I have, you know, being born in America. So I'm very grateful to them um, for their support, but more importantly, for setting us such a great example um, and for really being a true inspiration for me and, and my siblings as well.
1: You better give them a big hug for me. Tell them I'll sends them a big I will. Hello, mom. Hug to both of them. I just love them so much. Okay. And I will. I just You know, my mom is so supportive of me, and I love when I hear of other people having, you know, that good support. It's so special. You know, it's really so special. We need to share our parents around with other people that may not have that. All right. So number three, what celebrity, this is Get Celebritized podcast, would you most want to have dinner with? And if you have dinner with them, what would you ask them?
2: I think for me... As far as like a celebrity celebrity, I think it would be Oprah. And the reason why it would be Oprah is because she, from a business perspective, has been extremely smart. And so, you know, her journey was if you look at, obviously, we've all seen her journey from her Chicago newsroom days to now the Oprah that she is, how she actually got to own her TV show, you know, what percentages were the ownership at the beginning when she got the show? What was her contract like? You know, uh-huh. what was her salary like? Then how did she get to own it? Then, you know, where did the show make its money? Like all these like structure or business type of thoughts. I would be so curious to ask her. Um, and, and really just how did she do that? You know, and who were her team members? Who were the non, what were her non-negotiables as the, you know, star of the show or, you know, how does she get the studio up and running? Like all of these questions from a business perspective, I would love to talk to her about.
1: Okay, Melissa, you are the next big grand producer because all that wrapped in one is like, <laughs> most would say. say, solid, ask them one question. You're like, okay, how'd you do this? And your contract, you are a, a great producer in the making. Because you've got all those right juicy questions that matter to you. But most people just say, you know, what's your favorite place to go to dinner? What's your favorite recipe? You know, and you're like, okay, now what's your contract? What's your percentage? Yeah. You know, I love that. So we got to get you dinner with Oprah for sure. But yes. because you are in the same space, you're in that same playing field. I absolutely love that. So you are definitely going places, Melissa. And um, I just that was great. Okay, so we can narrow that down to one question. No problem. <laughs> Number four, and last but not least. This is very special to me because I almost died when I was 38 from cancer. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the cancer that almost killed me. It was the chemo that almost killed me. And very special to know if you just make it to another birthday. And so I created my television show was Live Your Legacy TV, which is what won me the Emmy. Live Your Legacy Summit is the summit that I've always done since 2011. I would have been on our 13th one except for COVID, but we will do that in 2022, which is bringing celebrity and business owners together to make more money so we can get back to charity. Because I want to help as many awesome. charities before I die as I possibly can. I believe there are mm-hmm. heroes of this world doing good, whether you're saving animals or kids or our vets, whatever it is, they're doing great things. I want to help as many as I can. So my question, last question to you is what is your legacy and what do you want written mm-hmm. on your tombstone?
2: Oh, wow. I kind of want to cry with everything you just said. I'm going to try to keep it together for this that's right.
1: Um, You know, that's a uh, I love you,
2: that's, that's tough, you know, cause sorry, I'm just, I'm just, this is so powerful, you know, just what you just mentioned about your life and you know, what you, you know, what you want to leave behind. It's just very moving. So I apologize. I love tears. <laughs> you know, I, I just hope that I could be of service, you know, to people. I just hope that people can, With the content that I create or the messages that I share on social, or just if I meet you in person or speak to you in a podcast or hear me in a podcast, that I could have served you in some way, shape, or form, that I could have provided you some value, that I have taught you something in some way, shape, or form. Because I believe, like, you know, ROI is not just in investments with money, I think ROI belongs also in content consumption. If you're going to spend time consuming, any form of content you should be getting something in return that's going to benefit you in some way shape or form whether that's making you laugh making you feel inspired you learn something whatever that may be make sure that when you're investing your time it's done wisely and you're getting something in return so i just hope that i can serve in all the projects that i do and that i can at least implement some sort of inspiration or resource into your life and you know my legacy i just i just hope that people can remember me as a person of service and a person of value, and authentic, and just that I was myself, that, you know, that Melissa was somebody that they knew she never changed or wavered, no matter, and, you know, what life threw at her, that she was always herself, um, and that she was always a person that was giving, and always of service.
1: Oh, that's beautiful, and I know you're so young, you've got a whole lifetime to live before you even think about what you be remembered for, but what I see when I look at your website and i see all that you and your sister and family are giving back i see without a doubt no matter what happens in your life wherever you go all the different projects you do and you have even begun to scratch the surface of your talents and the things you're going to be involved in but Mm -hmm. i think on your gemstone it's definitely going to say something like she made our lives better Definitely, no matter what you do, you're going to make lives better. And that can take all sorts of different shapes and turns and TV shows and movies or books or projects, but your millennial women movement, and as you guys grow and become whatever the next generation is, you become moms and grandmas, you will have run the whole gamut. And every step of the way, I just know that you will have made lives better all across the way from now until the day that the tombstone comes, many, many, many many, 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 many years down the road. So, and your parents <laughs> have done this. Thank you so much. Yeah. Your parents have already made all our lives better because how oh, they raised you and your sister and I haven't even met your brother yet, but I'm sure he's just the same chip off the old block. Where, he's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I bet he is. sky's the limit. Is he, on, is he on Instagram too? Is he on Instagram too? No. So oh, he, ooh, no. <laughs> no, 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 he's not. <laughs> oh, well. He really likes to be alone. behind the camera. Um, mm-hmm. We need people behind the camera. Well, Melissa, oh my God, talk to you forever. I hope you will come back. I want to see what you're up to. Another six months, a year down the road. I am your biggest fan now. I am so excited for what you're doing and how you're helping young women grow into amazing, amazing changers of this world for the better. I think you're all making this world a better place. And your generation is our future, and you are our leaders. And we're counting on you all to make a mm-hmm. difference. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Give us your website. One more time, Alyssa, your Instagram.
2: Yes. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Really. This has been such an honor and a gift to spend this time with you. I know this will not be the last, so yep. definitely we'll be back. You will. And <laughs> but good. the best place to find me is, yes, my Instagram is Melly Kerkaccia, M-E-L-I-C-A-R-C-A-C-H-E.
1: And I will put it in the description. I'll put it everywhere. I love you to pieces. Thank you for inspiring me to jump into the podcast world. I will never forget that. And we will forever be touching base with each other see where we are now. So thank you, Melissa. And give your family big hugs from me. I will. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye for now. And we'll be back next time on Get Celebritized.
0: Thanks for listening to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry. We hope this episode inspires you to earn more, live more, and give back more. To learn more about Araya, visit her website, arayamcgarry.com. And make sure to follow her at Araya McGarry Productions on Instagram. And join her on Clubhouse at Celebritize Your Business. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast. Thanks again for listening to Get Celebritized with Araya McGarry.